I'm just very informally recording this, no notes, using my little Sony handheld. A little bigger than my whole thumb. <laughs> um, our times are, in my sister-in-law's words, surreal. What perfect word. It's hard to believe that we're living in the times that we're living in. That the things that we hear about going on actually are going on. So tonight, June 4th, 2020, I catch just a little bit of news here and there as I wanted to sit down and eat some pizza. And I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> Chuck Schumer and other senators prominent people seriously calling in cities of Minneapolis and New York whatever of very much decreasing the police budget or putting it on hold with so many agitators calling for the abolition of the police department I don't know how not to think that these people are actually not even thinking to use hyperbole, but I'm afraid to use the words because it's conspiracy theory makes you sound like a nut job, right? Uh, communists, Maoists, Leninists, anarchists, literally, we are witnessing unfolding before our eyes people trying to take down the US government and you hear the language I like to listen sometimes to Brandon Howe's Worldview Weekend I recommend you watch that and, uh, well you look him up you'll find him Howe's H-O-W-S-E so he talked a little bit last night about uh, the pressure from below and the pressure from above, meaning the pressure from below, the agitators, the uh, communist-inspired gangs who cause all kinds of trouble on the streets, and then above, the senators, uh, I suppose only within the Democrat Party is my guess, Obviously, the Democrat Party with the likes of AOC and Kamal Harris and so on have been so overtaken with radicalism even beyond uh, President Obama, who before he was elected was called the most liberal person in the House, that... Bernie Sanders had so much support. Uh, a far socialist, if not a flat-out communist. So, anyway, that's the pressure from above. So you put these two together, working in conjunction. So that could explain why sometimes you have the police not acting. Like that's a good thing? 
where they get out of the way and let the rioters, I don't call them protesters, I respect peaceful protesting, did a wonderful job in uh, the 1960s, right, under Martin Luther King Jr., in bringing awareness peacefully to the Jim Crow laws, the racism. Uh, what a powerful approach. If your goal is, what their goal was, <laughs> to uh, address racial inequality and racism and injustice. But I don't see that happening here so much. Of course, there are those who are peaceful and who are, you know, wanting that. Uh, but I see so much just destruction. Just, well, Black Lives Matter is supported in part by George Soros and has had ties with uh, China. So, yes, there are people who want to use a movement, a legitimate movement, to their own ends, to radicalize it for their own ends, not actually caring about the initial ends, goals, of those involved in the legitimate group. So legitimate protesting for better policing practices or ending racism. Um, that's good. That's I'm Catholic. I'm all for social justice. Not as a lot of people take that term to mean under their Marxist ideology, but simply meaning to have justice enacted in society. Yeah, social justice, that's good. <laughs> I fully want that. And uh, I'm, I'm fully for the uh, notion of original sin. That I like to listen to Michael Knowles sometimes. He talked about that the other day. Original sin. Yeah, I believe that. I'm a Christian. And that means I believe that I have tendencies in myself that I have to always be renewed day by day to go to confession and repent of sin. And it's a lifelong process. And after that, there's purgatory <laughs> to be further purged of sin within me so that I can be purified and see God face to face. So, yeah, I'm all for healing of various kinds. Racial healing. We all need it. You know, like your garden. If you don't take care of it regularly, weeds come. That's normal. Every year, I have a 2002 pickup truck. Every year, I have to address rust issues. <laughs> it's going to go to the frame and get beyond the point of no return before long, but every year I address it. Or uh, the body on my truck is just eaten away. This is how life is, right? This isn't news. Uh, same thing that we need to do with our bodies. We need to take care of ourselves. Some, another area where I fall short. But the, this idea, though, of uh, white people getting on their knees and putting up their hands and repenting for their right white privilege verbally 
two African Americans. Uh, this sounds well. Another person I like to listen to sometimes, Tucker Carlson. I believe he talked about how that was rather cult-like. I fully agree. <clears throat> I tell you what. Whoever you are, what I've said of myself is true of you. You too have original sin in you. And you go back far enough in my lineage. You see, all my grandparents came from Sweden. So we actually had nothing to do with slavery in America. Yes, I am white, so there's white privilege. Um, well, you know what? Whoever you are, we can go back into your ancestry. Maybe not real far. I don't know. And find also scumbags. Evil, vile, unjust nasty people in your heritage. When you take mine back far enough, of course you got the Vikings and enough said there. <clears throat> anyway, this is the human condition. It's for all of us. So you know what? How about you and me? We both kneel. We get on our knees. But you don't gravel to me about your sinful heart. And I won't do it to you. But let's both do it to God. How's that? Because that's what's needed. This nation has to come to repentance. The kind of mindless mob mentality and cult-like actions that we're seeing, I believe, is demonically inspired. I mean that literally. America is falling apart. It's being destroyed from within. And as interesting of conversations as two rational, fair-minded people who don't have emotion get the best of them can have on any of these issues, I respect that, my background is philosophy. It was my bachelor's and I had... Uh, Master's in it. I was a P in a PhD program in it. Didn't finish the program though. Uh, but anyway, then a master's in theology. So yeah, I love that. But that's very rare. And in our society now, by and large, it's impossible. When you're talking about with so many people who on whatever the issues are so frenzied it becomes like a zombie apocalypse you can't reason with these people when I say these people I mean of whatever background certainly includes Antifa which is uh, vast majority Caucasian so I'm not referring to race here. But in America, it's multicultural. Pick whatever culture you like. There's a whole lot of insanity going on. Irrationality. People overcome with uh, emotion. They're zealots. 
You can't talk rationally with these people. What's needed is a spiritual solution. So people of faith have to be praying. That's what matters. And the way that we live our lives is what's going to matter. Argue till you're blue in the face. If you're talking with somebody who's not rational, it's not going to mean anything. But you've heard that the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. That when people see uh, holy people die a righteous death for their Lord, Christ, that's a powerful testimony. That influenced a lot of people. It wasn't even an argument. So that's what, that's what's badly needed now, our saints. Now in saying that, am I saying so? Don't watch the news. Don't argue with anyone about anything. Don't think about issues. Don't try to understand what's going on. No, I'm not saying any of that. You know what? For some people, well, we have cloistered nuns, right? That could be exactly what they should be doing. So, yeah, there could be people called to do that. That's great. But, anyway, that's not what I'm called to. But I know what I am called to is to be careful that in trying to understand what's going on, in trying to understand uh, this axis, uh, this green-red axis, it's called, meaning that... Uh, well, you can look it up yourself. I don't want to go into it. And trying to understand what what is how the Democrat Party has been infiltrated and transformed, taken over, and so many mayors and governors and senators and representatives, and even some police chiefs, and trying to understand what's unfolding in front of our eyes. Yeah, I, I care to understand that. And by the way, to do that, you might need to listen to uh, some podcasts. So I've mentioned a few things, right? Uh, I respect some things on, tech new, on Fox News, like Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram, um, Huckabee. But anyway, if you're only looking at Fox News, you're not going to understand things. If you're listening to CNN and MSNBC and ABC, CBS, NBC, all that, uh, as far as I can tell, you know, PBS, NPR, uh, you're just flat out getting propaganda and you're wasting your time. The only value I can see in about any of that, I guess, of course, there's going to be some exceptions, but by and large... Is simply to understand their what the, how they're trying to propagandize uh, the American people, which apparently they've done a fine job with. But other than that, trying to understand how it is they propagandize, I don't see any value in it. So, yeah, you'd need to find uh, podcasts, and you have to. You used to be able to find a lot more on YouTube. Of course, you have to be careful of fake news. But uh, anyway, use a search engine like DuckDuckGo. Don't just use Google. These things are uh, very much, you know, using their algorithms and using their shadow banning and their deplatforming and their erasing, canceling <laughs> so much. Uh, it's been in the news, right? So much with 
uh, Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg and all of them appearing before Congress. They're trying to set the stage so that they can get their way in the next presidential election this November. Like That's obvious to anybody. So what do you do? Well, you have to, uh, you don't just rely on whatever feed you get from YouTube because they're going to feed you what they want to feed you by and large. Uh, and if so you have to find people that you uh, think they know what they're talking about and they're fair-minded and you can learn from. And if you find out maybe you're being misled, well then fine, you unsubscribe to that channel. But then you go into your subscriptions on these YouTube channels to make sure that, uh, again, you don't rely on YouTube to just give you the content of people that you've subscribed to because often uh, they might not. So you need to go into your, the channel that you subscribe to within YouTube. Well, anyway, so what is this all to say but that... Yeah, you have to uh, find good ways to get informed, and that's understandable. We want to understand, don't we, uh, to be a responsible voting citizen. But can that be overwhelming in times like this? Obviously so. Can that be bad for your mental health, your emotional stability? Obviously so. So you have to be careful not to do too much of it, because what matters is our heart. And uh, our spirit, our attitude. You see, if you get overwhelmed with all this stuff and you get angry about it, you get consumed with uh, attitudes. Well, let's say you're thinking, oh, okay, so you Democrats want to do away with the police, huh? All right, well, I got one for you. How about you do away with your gun protection from your... Secret Service and whatever. And uh, let's see how long you last, you know, before you end up getting your head blown off. And <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to demonstrate an attitude of revenge. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you can do this thinking in a right way or a wrong way. Is it good to point out hypocrisy? Yes, but if your heart is wrong in it, and you have revenge and, like, bloodthirst in it, okay, that's sinful. That's not okay. So the same thing with uh, if we pulled away the police, who would that most affect? Well, those in gated communities? Uh, those on some massive Kennedy compound? No. Okay, how about in the inner cities, right? And what might you think that would end up looking like? Do you think rapists might take advantage of that? You don't say. Well, anyway, we can't have an attitude of becoming hateful ourselves, of being caught up in the kind of insanity that we're trying to learn about in order to fight against, but then we become consumed with it, and then we become unforgiving. You see, a newsflash here, even as bad as things get, well, just think of Augustine seeing Rome collapse when he was in northern Africa. What an awful thing to see. Well, that could well be what we're seeing right now about our country. So, did that give Augustine a, a pass on holiness, <laughs> on sanctification? 
on growing closer to God, on having a right attitude, not a bit. He continued to grow in his love of God, seeking the kingdom of God, not being wrongly entangled in the city of man, which is directed in large part, literally, by Satan and his demons. There's the conspiracy for you. I just give, gave it all away. That's as high as you go. You want to go up to the Freemasons? You want to go up to the Bilderbergers? You want to go up to whatever? <laughs> um, not far enough. Not high enough. Of course, right, Satan. The prince of the power of the air. That's what we're fighting. A demonic force. An organized army. And if you don't get that, very easily, you'll be somebody's useful idiot. Whatever political stripes you're wearing. Republican or Democrat. Socialist or separatist. Whatever. Militia. Anything. Easy to be a useful idiot. Ultimately, for Satan. To your destruction. Whoever you are. Whatever color you are. Whatever your cause is. So, news flash here. Uh, we don't get a pass on living a holy life. Uh, the ground rules still stay the same, even in crazy times like this. Two basic rules here. Jesus said that the commandments add up to love God. Love your neighbor. So I was praying my rosary to do that every day, and you know there's a, there's a, a part in there after each speed um, that have mercy on us, especially on those in most need of Thy mercy. Who are those in most need of Christ's mercy? The people that perhaps you are most concerned to stop. And you should be. For social justice. Do we need to stop those who are burning down other people's businesses? Yeah. Because burning down somebody else's property, that's not just. Do we need to have social justice against uh, officers using, by far, uh, brutal force, deadly force, when it's totally not justified. You have somebody laying on the ground with their handcuffs on, and you put your knee in their neck until they're dead eight minutes later. Yeah, you should be concerned about that. Yes, <laughs> that needs to be. Uh, of course, that has officers like that have to be brought to justice. Uh, I'm sure the vast majority of police officers completely agree. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, we, uh, we see those in most need of God's mercy who are doing evil things. And because we do care about justice within our society, we do want and should want to stop that evil. That's good. 
But if our heart becomes wrong in our approach to stopping the evil, such that we ourselves become unforgiving, wanting revenge, being filled with hate, okay, uh, that's not asking that those in most need of God's mercy will obtain his mercy. That's not loving your neighbor as yourself. You see, if you can't desire that police officer who had his neck on Mr. Floyd's had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck for eight minutes until his death, if you can't forgive and desire his salvation, that he turn from his grave murderous evil and repent so that he can be made new, then you have unforgiveness and scripture makes it quite clear if you do not forgive your neighbor neither will your father forgive you let that sink in now let's turn it around you see somebody who whether it's an african-american 71 or 77 whatever years old called by his friend, the friend owned the pod and shop, said, would you mind protecting my store? So this retired police officer, 71 or so, comes to protect it and got his head blown off. And then people stood around and cheered as he was breathing his last. Somebody was enjoying making a video of it. And then put it up on their social media. Is that sick? Is that cold-blooded murder? Being celebrated? Enjoyed? Promoted? Yeah. Is that unjust? It needs to stop? It needs to be brought to justice? Yeah. So then... That young man who pulled the trigger on this older, retired African-American police officer. We should want him dead. Dragged through the streets. Die a slow, miserable, vengeful death. No. <laughs> that is an evil heart. If you don't forgive your neighbor, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. Let that sink in. Nobody gets a pass. So don't caricature what this forgiveness, this love of neighbor is. Is this to say we don't want social justice? We don't need to bring people 
to justice. No, that's not what that's saying. Yes, we have to pay for our crimes. Some people argue, including the death penalty. That's a different argument. So this has nothing to do with doing away with just punishment. This has to do with your heart and mine. Neither one of us get a pass. If you hate me, or if I hate you, we are, to some extent, in control of a demonic force, at least an evil human passion that destroys ourselves, ultimately landing you or me in hell. And at that day of judgment, whoever you are, but I'm a Republican. I was the one who's defending law and order. I was the one who was wanting to help those, the weakest among us, who were being abused, having their buildings burned down, beat, cold-blooded murder. I was the one on the side of justice and righteousness. God, you can't send me to hell. I'm a good person. I was good. If you're full of hate against your neighbor, you didn't forgive, it'll be, depart from me, you're evildoer. I never knew you. Or turn the tables. I was a member of Black Lives Matter. I was supporting those who were most oppressed, bringing justice, coming against racism, white supremacy, white power, the patriarchy. I was the one who was bringing about social justice. I was the one who was trying to redistribute wealth so that the wealthy who just kept getting wealthy at the expense of the poor who just kept getting poor, I was the one who was trying to bring about equity. God, you can't do that to me. And again, according to Scripture, if you hate your neighbor, you don't forgive, don't love your neighbor as yourself, you too will here depart from me, you doer of wickedness. I never knew you. So here we have two radically different worldviews. The one is purely imminent, the other also has a transcendent dimension. So if all you live for is this life, 
you know what, this life, relatively speaking, blink of an eye, right? You're going to die. Relatively speaking, real soon. And whatever influence you have on this world, relatively speaking, not worth a mention. Okay, but in with a transcendent dimension, God, outside of space and time, knows everything, sees everything, presently sustaining everything. He will bring justice. You're not going to escape it, whatever card-carrying person you are. And neither am I. We're all made in God's image. So apart from this transcendent source, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Life is meaningless. You're going to bring about social justice? You're going to save the whales? You're going to save the planet? Hey, there's billions of planets within billions of galaxies. What does this one matter? What do you matter? What does anybody matter? The big scheme of things? Oh yeah, but I care. Yeah, who cares about what you care about? The big scheme of things? Okay, but with the transcendent source to morality, Almighty God, we're in His image, and He will hold all of us accountable for how we love each other, for our loving Him. And we got a basis for morality, and we've got a perspective to realize justice is all in His hands. He's going to establish His kingdom. He is going to bring his enemies to justice. Make sure that you're on the right side of that. Well, here we're talking about this perfect God. And in light of his perfection, all of us, I hope that you realize, all of us, including yourself, uh can't match pure light, perfection, complete holiness, perfect love. Have you or I ever had perfect love for anybody or anything ever? I seriously doubt it. Okay, so it's hopeless. We're all going to hell. <laughs> There's no way. Well, if you're starting to see that, then you're making progress. You see, if you're full of your self-righteousness, you're a good person. Because you do the right things. Whatever that is, your virtue signaling, you do wear the mask or you don't wear the mask or you go to the march or you are on this side of it or that side of it. Anyway, Whatever activity it is that you do that makes you feel like you're righteous, you don't get that you're a scumbag, relatively speaking. Relative to what? Perfection. Pure love. Pure holiness. That's God.
you think you match up? And let me give you another news flash. You're not him, okay? You're not God. I'm not God. You're not holy. I'm not holy. So if we've gotten this far, that's great. But then it sounds like I've left us in despair, right? Well, not according to the Gospels. That Christ gave his life for each of us so that we can be forgiven so that his Holy Spirit will enter us and purify us, renew us day to day. We can grow in sanctification. But I know a lot of people who are Christians who weren't. No kidding. And guess what? There's a lot of, any group you want to mention, of people in it who are not. Okay? Duh. So, I'm not saying that Everybody who's Christian or the right kind of Christian is this kind of person. Now, have there been many people who are Christians who are exemplary saints? Well, I guarantee you this, if there are, and there are, you sure the heck didn't hear about it in your public school system, quite deliberately so. Yeah, the hospital system, the university system, you can thank the Catholic Church for that, but you don't even know it, do you? Look into it. Don't trust me. So anyway, <clears throat> by God's grace, or by opening ourselves up to God's grace, by what Jesus did on the cross for us, so that he died in our stead, that we don't have to, fall under the divine judgment and wrath of Almighty God. It's as simple as saying yes and pursuing. Now, Jesus established his church on the rock of Peter and right from the first uh, synod council in Jerusalem. The disciples, they were given the keys to the kingdom. Whose sins you lose, you forgive will be forgiven. Whose sins you retain will be retained. And you can look into all that. Well, anyway, what am I getting at? Is the Catholic Church full of problems and many evil people? in the hierarchy and in the laity, absolutely. Nonetheless, it's Christ's church. So, I recommend, even if it's not a good priest, still made a priest in the apostolic succession. So, I recommend you do, as scripture says, repent and be baptized. Look into it. So there's hope. There's forgiveness. It's called salvation. What a load of guilt off of our shoulders. But that very concept of guilt is something quite foreign to our society. Oh no, it's social guilt. 
It's society's fault. It's just the way that it's structured. Yeah, said the atheist Karl Marx, and he's full of it. No, you, personally. How have you treated people in your life? We all fall short of that. We all have to have forgiveness. We all have to make restitution. So it's uh, not very comfy cozy, this idea that brings morality, justice, beyond society, which I've already said we do need, but right down to you, very personally. How have you treated others throughout your life? How are you treating those in your life right now? That's not comfortable. So this can be, oh no, don't make me feel guilty. Well, if that guilt leads you to God in humble repentance, that's where your salvation lies, where you can have forgiveness. But our conception of even God, to whatever extent we have one in this culture of ours, which has been just torn apart from modernism, modernity, and post-modernity, having put us in the cesspool of insanity, the zombie apocalypse that we're in right now, where evil reigns in so many dimensions, more and more, this conception of a holy God who loves you personally, you being responsible personally for how you are living your life, that's foreign enough. But then, go on talking about this loving God who also is a just God, who has his grapes of wrath that are marching, right? This just God who is a jealous God, saying, you worship him, you don't worship creation, you don't worship the moon, you don't worship your race, you don't worship your sex, you don't worship some sexual inclination that you have. None of that is your identity. If it is, you're an idolater, holding something up in the place of God. You are under the wrath of God. That's not nice, but it's real. And it is nice because if you see that, and you feel it, and you repent of it, you can be delivered from your perversions, whatever they are. Racism, sexually, love of money, whatever. Rich or poor, black or white, we're all precious in his sight. <laughs> and we all have this cancer within us 
That's the bad news, and it's not nice to hear it. Tough shit. You need to hear it. Because if you don't, you're not going to be dealing with it. It's not going, you're not going to allow the great physician to deal with it for you unless you first acknowledge it. So given our culture, this notion of a jealous God who says, you worship me alone, not your identities that are in place of God. Your identity has to be as a child of God. Now after that, am I a motorcycle coach? Yeah. Do I enjoy the motorcycle? Yeah. Is that my God? No. Do I like to play guitar? Yeah. Do I love to listen to great guitar players? Far better than me. Yeah, absolutely. Respect it. Enjoy it. Is that what I'm living for? No. So our identity ultimately has to be as a worshiper of God, a child of God. So God is a jealous God. And God is wrathful. Now, if, what, if you think by that term, maybe you have some, some idea in your head back from when uh, somebody who was over you beat you or something. Okay, then that's a real bad example of what God is like, right? Uh, that's not what it's meant by God being wrathful. If if what you mean by that is God hates everybody and God just wants to, he's like, you know, we're little ants and he gets a kick out of pulling out his uh, magnifying glass and torturing us for his amusement. Okay, no, that's Satan, okay? That's not God. You got your terms completely backwards there. So we've already established God is holy, uh, and I'm just saying this based on scripture, right? God is holy. God is just. God is jealous. And God is wrathful. Does that mean he does mean things? Well, did you hear the story about how when his chosen people, the Jews, were being brought out of Egypt... And they went through the river that God had parted the waters. But then when the Egyptians followed, and the Jews had already left, the water collapsed and they were all drowned. That's not nice. We better not tell our children these stories anymore. Well, it's true. And it reveals the character of God. That there does come a time when, at God's judgment, God is just, that enough will be enough. Perhaps that's what we're under right now in America, being destroyed from within. One method of God's wrath is, I believe it was C.S. Lewis who said it, 
We're supposed to say, not my will, but thy will be done to God. But when we keep doing our own will, at some point God finally says, not my will, but thy will be done. So you're cut loose. You're on your own. You aren't given the hedge of protection of good political leaders, of good stable society, law enforcement, for peace, stability, prosperity. That that protection is brought away so that you get bad leaders. And by your own will, you get what you want. And it ain't pretty. It'll be our destruction. Perhaps that's what we're under right now. Worldwide. Getting what we want. Falling under the wrath of God. By being left to our own devices. In which we're delving more and more into insanity and self-destruction by God removing his hand from us. Okay, that's what you want. You've made it real clear decade after decade. Good luck with that. <laughs> so yes, I think we are under the wrath of God right now. And we're being destroyed. We are destroying ourselves. And God is just. And it's not what he wants. So again, if you read scripture, see how God's chosen people, the Jews, they were given, even in times of when the Babylonian captivity, or the Medes and Persians, or the Greeks, and then the Romans, many times. Uh, the Philistines earlier, right? The Moabites. Many times when Israel would turn away from God and follow their own perverse cravings, God withdrew, let them have what they wanted, and enemies came. God even sent enemies to come as punishment for their sin. That was God's wrath also sending enemies to destroy. They were under that. They suffered horribly. Many of them died. God is just. God is holy. God is wrathful. And God is love. They violated that love. They got what they had coming. But even then, when those who were left repented, God would send them prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah, on and on. And these prophets, if they didn't just kill them because they didn't want to hear what they had to say, if they listened to them, they would receive forgiveness. They would be renewed and brought 
back into God's love and to enjoy his presence. And their society became stable where they could live their lives in peace. That's what God wants. That's how he established the Garden of Eden. It was a beautiful life until our sinful inclinations, sinful actions, preferred it, messed it up. So God's grace is always there, and that's what he always wants, is for us to turn to his grace. Not to have to leave us to our own devices, or to have to send punishments on us to help wake us up, get us back to our senses, so that we will call on him. That's what we need now. Call on God for forgiveness. Repent of our sins. And receive his love and live our lives in that love, love of neighbor. Then as we're getting informed about these crazy times we're living in, and as we seek to help establish justice within society in different ways, society will always need reforming, right, in different ways. We always have to get the... We always have to till our garden. We always have to water it. We always have to pull weeds out of it. Always. It always has to be cared for. So then, as we're involved in this world imminently, by being informed by the transcendent power and love of God in our lives, then we're able to learn about what's actually going on, who's behind evil activities causing harm and injustice in society that we need to address to till this garden of our society to bring justice here in our sphere, wherever our little sphere is. Now see, then we can do it with the right heart. Not, uh, not with panic, fear, depression, desperation. None of that. Because we know who God is. He's our source. He's our strength. He's our peace. That's who God is. Nothing to be all flabbergasted about. And then we can do it in a loving way, addressing those who are our enemies, who do wish us harm, who would love to see us horribly suffer and maybe die. We can address people like that. As Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. More and more, we are dealing with people who are incapable of rationality. Who are, in a sense, insane. We're living through a zombie apocalypse. And again, I don't care what side you want to pick on any issue I'm talking in general as part of the human condition more and more. We're being filled with unruly desires and irrationality and hatred. So by being tapped into this transcendent source, God, creator of everything, 
lover of us all, presently sustaining everything, our ultimate judge to whom each of us will give an account. Then we can address these social issues without the panic and without the hatred and vitriol, without the insanity taking over ourselves. Apart from that, try to solve problems. Apart from God, apart from being renewed into the image of Christ day by day, and I will just become more and more a part of the problem. Even though I've got these great intentions of saving the world. And that does it for a little Sony recorder here. Hope it sounded okay. I like this little thing. It's a lot more comfortable than sitting straight up in my chair in front of a mic. So instead I'm sitting in my rocker. Hope you're having a good day. And over and out.